It's not another Bills podcast with John Corzilius. That guy who dropped the ball is the reason the Kardashians are famous. Kardashians because, famous. yeah, so he drops the ball. Bills draft OJ. OJ comes to Buffalo, meets his wife, and anyway, Rob Kardashian hired to represent OJ in the legal proceedings, therefore bringing him into the limelight, if you will, and yeah. subsequently his uh, reality star family. Then Pat Caprio. That's what my dad was, I was talking with my dad today, and he was like, well, I don't know how much you can practice catching. Like, <laughs> you know, he was talking about catching these ping pong balls with different spins and going to tight end university. He was like, you could get an A plus in tight end university, and this guy's still going to drop the <laughs> Like, <laughs> So, dude, it's, it's finally here. It's freaking game week. I, I am so excited. I... I don't know. How are you feeling, Jude? I am very much ready. I uh, I just have um, flashbacks. When I was a youngster, way back in the day, um, that Trent Edwards second year, I remember going into that season, like, this team's going to kick ass and, like, broke my heart. So, trying to have reasonable expectations with these boys. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> how can you not be bullish on the season man like oh no I'm, last I'm year so everything that happened i mean and i mean honestly it was such an awesome beat down on sunday night football or was it yeah it was sunday night yeah last time they played the steelers yeah close first half uh and then then kind of blew them out in the second half but it'll be interesting to see how that they how they how they match up with the steelers because i mean I don't know what you expect out of this game, but I'm not really expecting anything super close. I mean, like looking at like Ross, this is not even the same Steelers team, you know, like there's been a lot of, a lot of turnover just within the organization. I mean, like they lost Bud Dupree. I mean, I'm trying to think who else, James Conner, Alejandro Villanueva, big part of, you know, that offensive line. I mean, uh, Mike Pouncey finally called it quits after that terrible snap in the Browns game. Um, so I don't know, definitely a different squad, but also like the same squad for us. So, I mean, yeah. logically, <laughs> I I think that I kind of like that matchup, um, the Bills D line against the the Steelers offensive line because they're they're not only turned over a little bit, but they're a little bit banged up. Like they've got some guys out, and uh, I think that there's a guard shifting over to tackle. Um, or, or or somebody swing tackling for for this game. So if the Bills can't get a good pass rush for this game, I don't know if they will this entire year. So let's hope that that they can they can get home a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see as well because you know Ben Roethlisberger is the guy who doesn't get sacked. I mean his his snap to throw time is is the shortest in the league, and so he he also had the low sack percentage last year. Um, so I. I I don't know how if if they're going to keep that offense because they do have a new offensive coordinator this year. So I don't know if we're going to see that same style or you know I, I'd I'd expect that they run a little bit more with 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 Najee Harris. Yeah, what are your thoughts? I, I know that Ben Roethlisberger basically got that offensive coordinator fired. Um, you know, and like I get it. You know, he Ben Roethlisberger had as much NFL experience as he did. So like. And, and like we talked about earlier, like, I mean, it's, it's damn hard to play quarterback when you're, you're rushing for what they were like 3.6 yards per carry. 
And like even Ben Roethlisberger yeah. is like, I'm I'm not gonna throw play action passes. Like number one, who's gonna bite on that? And number two, like I'm taking my eyes off the field. Like, I mean, like you said, Najee, he didn't look like. I mean, it's hard to tell with like preseason stuff, but like I felt like in that Hall of Fame game, like I wasn't like, I, not that I was expecting like rush for a hundred yards in the first quarter or something. And like Mike Tomlin said that it was more so like assignment based stuff, but like I wasn't really like blown away by anything that he did in the preseason. So yeah, I don't know. it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to come down to his offensive line too. Um, quite a bit. So yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I'm always bullish on the bills, but I don't expect this game to be super close. Um, I think they match up well. And I think the, the bills offense is going to come out, you know, first four games of the season, like it did last year, really just kind of putting up points. And, uh, I mean, the, when when the starters came in for that that quarter of the preseason game, they were fine. And again, preseason pledge, not trying to take it too seriously, but they look ready to go. And they've all got it, it's 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 essentially the same lineup coming back. Um, you know, subbing out Sanders for for Brown, but you know, it's it's same group with one more year of experience underneath their belt. So I, I expect big things out of this offense and. You know, I'm sure the whole fan base does, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Josh Allen said it best. We're gonna let the Steelers do all the singing and dancing. We're just gonna play football. You know, I don't <laughs> I think old Juju's clip. gonna be dancing on any more logos this time around, man. No, nah, dude, he's not even the best receiver on his own team anymore. No, no. Fingers crossed, and it's hard too because it's like I mean, everyone in the NFL wants to root for James Conner, you know, but like. Dude was not getting the job done. So like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just it might and, and like it really might have been a reflection of the offensive line, though. I mean, because no, James Conner had a really great season following Le'Veon Bell when that when that offensive line was still at his peak. But anyway, we don't want to talk too much about the Steelers because you know it's one uh, week and gone. I mean, we're we're Bills all Bills all the time. You but, know what I respect about the Buffalo Bills when there's contract negotiations going on. You know what you know what the guys. Under uh, Brandon Bean, do they suit up and play? They show up for practice. <laughs> they show up for practice, man. Like, come on, TJ Watt. Like, my dad was like, I mean, dude, like, he's making an insane amount right now. Like, why? You're just going to take a huge. Here's, here's, here's his side of it. He's, so it's, it's kind of weird. There, he's, uh, he's not holding out, he's holding in. He is actually like at practice, but he's only doing like, Indies. So he's only doing individual drills and he's not doing team stuff so he doesn't get hurt because if he got hurt, then contract negotiations would go by the wayside, essentially. But I, I think he has yeah. the same mentality as JJ, though, because JJ could have played on some good teams and instead he was like, I'm just going to take a payday from the Cardinals. And it's like, come on, dude, these guys will have free Subway sandwiches for the rest of their lives. Like that in itself probably worth at least six figures. He, you got a good point. I mean, I guess it depends on, I mean, <laughs> uh, what does it mean to these guys, you know, winning or winning or money? I mean, there's a balance there, I guess. But anyway, dude, do you got any uh, hot takes for this season? What you got? Yeah. Yeah, I We're do. Gonna, let's, let's lock those in and put those on the record. I do. So um, my first uh, my first prediction is that um, Michael McCorkle Jones, sometimes referred to as Max Jones, I think this mock macaroni Jones, macaroni Jones, I think, which is uh, honestly 
very funny because they used to have a player named Lawrence Maroney who everyone called Lawrence Macaroni. Um, but yep. anyways, I, oh. I see the Pats winning at least nine games, unfortunately. I mean, I got us at like 12 and five or, or 13 and four, but I mean, I, Rob Ninkovich came on NFL network and was like, Mac Jones was teaching Cam Newton the plays by the third preseason game, which is like, if nothing, I mean, it's not like he's physically like extremely daunting. Like everyone's seen that picture of him with his shirt off, like oh, but, with the cigar. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, if you looked at a picture of Tom Brady from 2000, like you'd be like, oh my God, this guy also had breasts. Like, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm just, I think Bill Belichick is too good of a coach not to win at least nine games. And the Dolphins, I don't see in them, I I don't see them winning more than nine games. I I see them at about eight and nine, you know, maybe seven and 10. I, I think that's, that's a pretty interesting hot take with the Dolphins. I mean, Pats winning nine games. I I don't know what their over under is at, but that that seems pretty level headed to nine. me. Honestly, it is at nine. That yeah. that's 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 a very lukewarm take. I will say Dolphins finishing no better. Well, you've got it down as what eight and nine. You said no better than eight and nine. Well, yeah, I, mean, I said no better than nine that, and eight, but I I could see him having a losing season very easily. Yeah, I mean it depends on how it's all it's all dependent on Tua because I mean yeah. he's got weapons around him. Their their defense is ready to go. Uh, so I mean, it, this really will be the litmus test for for two of this year. There's no excuses this year. Like you know, Josh Allen had excuses his first year. Like we're like, well, you know, he's he's throwing to Kelvin Benjamin, who you know Booger famously put it as one Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. And and you know who else is he throwing to? Zay Jones, Robert Foster, who couldn't even play special teams at Alabama. I mean, Robert Foster was probably the best receiver that he was throwing to that year. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so Tua is. I think it's in his hands. But anyway, my my hot take, Bills related, um, is that Gabe Davis will have more yards receiving than Cole Beasley this year. And again, it's a hot take because very likely won't happen. But I, I I think I I have this take for a couple of reasons. One. Gabe Davis, obviously everyone talks about the stat where he he was the the back half of the season last year, it's like he averaged over 20 yards a catch, you know, with you know qualifying minimum targets and stuff yeah. like that. He was not getting a large target share last year, proportionate to Beasley and Diggs, and even John Brown when John Brown was on the field. So He's he's an over the top threat, and even though he's not going to be getting as many catches as Beasley, I think they're going to be for quite a few more yards. And I wouldn't yeah. rule out Cole Beasley having some availability issues because of COVID protocols this year. Not saying well, he's going to catch COVID, but we've already seen what a close contact. I mean, neither of them are vaccinated, though. That's true. Gabe, That's true. Gabe Davis isn't. I mean, it's basically if okay. Florida man and Texas man. Can- <laughs> If Florida man and Texas man can stay away from the vaccine. <laughs> You've got a point. I forgot that Gabe Davis isn't vaccinated, but I I think that he, it's a combination of things. I think he gets a larger target share. I think that he's going to get more more snaps and targets this year in the offense. Um, unless Emmanuel Sanders is just lights out and, and, and Gabe Davis is sitting at, you know, whatever it was, 30 some odd receptions like he did last year. But I expect that number to go up quite a bit. And I, I think that his yards per catch will, will still stay in the same area because they've got Cole running most of the underneath stuff. And I think that Gabe Davis is very good over the top and crossing and, and toe tapping out of bounds and stuff like that. 
And I mean, so. also, Gabe Davis didn't break his leg at the end of last year, which, I mean, right. you know, you can drug a guy up with Tordal as much as you want, and, like, you're not going to feel it, but, like, physically, like, having a broken leg I hope like Cole Weasley knows every single ingredient to Tordal, because I'm sure he yeah. wouldn't put it in his body unless he knew every single ingredient. <laughs> No, and then they had like John John Feliciano on Pat McAfee, and he's like, "Feed me, Tordo." He's like, "He's like, feed it to me, <laughs> inject it in me." He's like, <laughs> so yeah, I think it depends on not only that vaccine shot, but those Tordo shots. Because I I agree with you, Johnny. I mean, who knows, dude? A broken, a broken leg's a big deal. Like you know, it's not something where. Yeah, I mean, again, I I hope it's not an issue. I don't, I don't I really don't anticipating it being an issue. Um. From what we saw in the preseason, like I, I haven't heard anything coming out of camp that he's been favoring his leg or dealing with anything or even been in, hurt in any way. So I, I'd assume that he's good to go. But again, who knows? All right. So we, we've we've got this little segment put together because thinking about where Ben Roethlisberger is at his in his career at this point, and we've come up with this little segment, who would you take, Ben Roethlisberger or... So at this present moment, not like all time or anything like that, who would you rather have quarterbacking your team this year? So first up, Patty, Carson Wentz or Ben Roethlisberger? Who would you rather have this year? Well, I mean, I would say Ben, but also on the same token, when Carson Wentz was with Frank Reich, like they were killing it, you know. But, I mean, I, I guess it all depends on how well Carson plays with Frank Reich again because, you know, I mean, say what you want, but Frank Reich, I mean, dude's Super Bowl champ, and even though Carson Wentz was in a cast, dude's also a Super Bowl champ, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Carson Wentz does this year in in uh, in Indianapolis. So we'll see if it was the system in Philly that was failing him last year or if it was Carson Wentz. All right, who would you rather have? All right, Ben Roethlisberger or Kirk Cousins? Oh, Ben Roethlisberger. Kirk Cousins, man. Really? So yeah. So let's yes. let's assume that Ben is how he was last year. You would still yes. take still. Ben over Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins, I've never seen Kirk Cousins step up in a primetime game. Never. That's true. I mean, granted, yes, he did kick the shit out of the Bills one time playing for the Redskins, but... You know, and it's one of those deals. I mean, he's a four-year captain at Michigan State. I get it. You know, like definitely like a very nice guy. I just never, I've never seen him step up in a big game. Even the Minneapolis Miracle, dude. There's Case Keenum. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't Kirk. I was just peeking at Kirk's stats from last year. Uh, sixty-seven percent completion percentage, forty-two hundred yards, thirty-five and thirteen, for a rating of one hundred five. I was just curious because I didn't watch I didn't watch a lot of the Vikings last year. I mean, the only thing but, that would make Kirk Cousins maybe have a better situation is he does have a better running back and a better line. I mean, like Dalvin Cook is he's damn good. Like again, but that's that's not part of the equation here. If you have like a random mystery football team and you you've got to select a quarterback and both these guys are available, who are you going to pick? But not Kirk. <laughs> uh, Tyrod Taylor or Ben Roethlisberger this year. Uh, probably Ben. I don't know. And like you said, I mean, Ben's not very mobile. And Tyrod is mobile. And I mean, Tyrod was one misplaced shot in the rib away from, you know, potentially 
taking over a very talented Chargers team. And I mean, who's to say that he wouldn't have had the same season that Justin Herbert had, but also like, I feel like he's just a tackling dummy until they can figure out what to do with Deshaun Watson. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for him this year, but I mean, me too. I mean, ended the drought. I, I, I don't, I don't stand for the tie rod slander or a tie rod slander of past. Like you can, you can criticize him now, but yeah, no, I, I will always remember. And if Brando, the stats guy does end up being back on the show, I remember watching that game at Brando, the stats guys, uh, apartment out in Buffalo with some of our other friends, calling friends on the phone, crying. We were so happy when, you know, well, I guess it was more so like, you know, once, uh, Tyler Boyd, that big catch, but just like being so yeah. happy. Like we literally got on the Metro. It was two degrees outside wind chill of negative 10. Just took the Metro all the way the canal side. People were outside. It was new year's Eve too. Like just, I'll never forget yep. it. So, I mean, don't want to, don't want to slander past Tyrod, but I, I will, I'll slander current Tyrod. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tyrod or uh, Ben Roethlisberger or Fitzy. See this? I'd pick Fitzy. Fitzy. Okay. Now, now you're now you're being a little bit more level-headed. I, I think that Fitzy is much more capable of running an offense this year. But it's I mean, I mean stands to be seen, I guess. But and I feel like this is the year. I really, I really want Fitzy to make the playoffs because he's never made the playoffs in his entire career, man. Like, dude's played like 16 yeah. years. Yeah, I think he's got a good chance. They got a talented team. Good defense, some weapons on offense. Yep. Riverboat gambler, Ron Rivera. You know, that's what they used to call him back in Carolina. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. (laughs) All right. Ben Roethlisberger or Jimmy G? See, I think, and don't take this wrong, you know, I like Jimmy. I like Northern Illinois University. I like the Patriots. But if Jimmy G was an average-looking guy... Do you really think he would be on this list? I mean, yeah, he took the Niners to the Super Bowl, but like, also, I feel like people love Jimmy G because he's incredibly handsome. But I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm just resentful. You're getting into um, that Colin Coward quarterback face debate, where he says that all all the good-looking kids are the ones that grow up to be quarterbacks. Yes, because of yes. human psychology I mean, and natural-born leaders and all that stuff. Well, I mean, Josh looked like a goon as a child, though. He still looks like a goon, a lovable goon. But, I mean, there's not another quarterback in the NFL that could shoot a shot with Aaron Andrews and have it, like, actually work out for the guy. Like, it, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would take Ben just because, like, Jimmy, he's had injury issues, too. He's, he's had a hard time staying on the field. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd probably agree with you there. I mean, it depends. Jimmy G, Jimmy G at different times has flashed, but, again, probably better to go with the the safe bet and Roethlisberger on that one. But all right, Ben Roethlisberger or the ghost of Kyle Orton. Now, this is <laughs> Bills fans listening. No, is, John this, and I are This very- is a reference. This this is the name of my fantasy football team this year, so I just had to throw this in here. But so for I mean, the sake partial. of for the sake of yeah, yeah, of course we're partial. All right, so like prime Kyle Orton. And when I say prime, I mean when he was old and playing for the Bills with a mustache. <laughs> that Kyle Orton or Ben Roethlisberger. Who, who ben Roethlisberger right now. Team. Yeah, ben Roethlisberger, ben Roethlisberger right, right, now, right now. Or 2017 yes. Kyle Orton. Well, I, 2016 yes. Kyle Orton. Um, 
Actually, no, it was 2015. 2015 Kyle Orton. But I mean, basically Whatever 2015 Kyle was. Orton and 2015 Kyle Orton and 2021 Beth and Roethlisberger are basically the same person. I know. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Kyle Orton dropped back. You know, Ben is doing the, the shotgun one plant and throw these days. I mean, I'm sure Kyle Orton did plenty of that with Sammy Watkins and stuff like that. But he was really dropping back. Do you remember that Vikings game? Where they drove down the field at the end, yeah, and then yeah, overcame dude. like three holding penalties along the way. Hell yeah, that was great. Was drive. it Sammy? Or, no, actually, it was Chris Hogan with the big catch to win it. Another no, another no, one. Sammy caught the game-winning touchdown. Was it Sammy? But Chris Hogan had a couple of big catches over the middle. I think. Yeah, but. I mean, I, I like Kyle Orton, man. It's hard. It's hard. John and I loved Kyle Orton. We were big Kyle Orton fans, and I mean, a little factoid for you guys out there. He's part of probably the hardest partying fraternity nationally, Pi Kappa Pi. So, like, I mean, if that guy's able to party hard with the Pi Caps and then go play big games on Saturdays in Purdue and then party hard as an adult and still show up to Ralph Wilson Stadium as an adult, like, man, I love Kyle Lord. First trading card I ever had. Had um had some behavioral issues back in the day. Um, you know, had to uh, work it out with my teacher. Basically, my teacher was like, Pat, if if you can not be a complete spazoid for six hours during the school day. Like I'll buy you six packs of tops trading cards. And the first one I got was a Purdue Kyle Orton rookie card. So I'll always be sentimental to you, Kyle. And I mean, nice. Kyle Orton also like misbehaving does pay off, does pay off. But like also, I mean, Kyle Orton, like literally played on a bears team that the next year Rex Grossman started over him and they went to the Super Bowl. So like, I don't know. Right. I like them. Yeah. I, basically the same. It wouldn't be an upgrade and it wouldn't be a downgrade. Basically the same guy. Yeah. Sidestepper. <laughs> Here we are saluting some standouts of the drought. Now I'd like you all to take a moment and remember passionately one Travis Henry. You know this man, 2002 Pro Bowl selection. In that year, this dude, he had 1,438 rushing yards, 4.4 yards per carry, 13 teeters on the ground, along with 43 receptions for 309 yards, one TD. I mean, his Bills career totals, four years played, 3,849 yards, 27 TDs, 4.1 yards per carry, and um, perhaps his most exceptional stat Travis Henry has 11 children with 10 different mothers so I mean obviously people knew he was a big deal handsome guy Travis Henry we miss you bud you know but also if we didn't get rid of Travis Henry probably wouldn't have had a chance to uh, experience the beauty of Mr. Marshall Lynch so we miss you bud I can't believe you were telling me that you looked up stats for Travis Henry and, and the best thing that the first thing that came up <laughs> was, was the children's stat. It was dude before any rushing stat. It, I mean, I had to dig through pro football reference to find out this guy made the pro bowl. Like <laughs> you would, you would think that would be like <laughs> Travis Henry's media team's got to go talk to the folks at Google. Cause like <laughs> that was, that was the first when I typed in Travis Henry stats, that was the first stat that came up. All right, we got Brando on the phone here. Yeah, no, you're good, man. He's our uh, inside contact, official Bills official Bills employee 
right here, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Habermas. He was in the house during the Taron Johnson interception. He's in the house during uh, that wild-ass Colts game. We're happy to have you here, man. Gentlemen, hello. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> this is what happens when your laptop's 10 years old. That'll do it. We might need to chip in and buy a new one if we're ever going to have you on again. I give Mr. Terry P a call and be like, Hey buddy, you're too cheap to put a stadium with 70,000 fans, but can you get me a new laptop? (laughs) (laughs) Be like, listen, the sake of these handicapped people in the stadium depends on whether I have internet connectivity. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) man. They, they were so crazy because they came down before one of our games, uh, one of the preseason practices. And they're like, we're definitely going to take your wheelchair and we're going to have like a sit down conversation with, what you don't like about the current stadium and what we could put in the new stadium to be more ADA accessible. Wait, the Pagula said this? No, my boss came in to our wheelchair. So it's like, you know, his boss is his boss probably said something to him, yeah, but they dude. want like, cause our dude, the stadium's so old. It's so not yeah. ADA regulated. So like it, it would not pass all their new inspections if it was built today. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so please tell me that you told them to make the new stadium more handicapped accessible. We're going to need 70,000 seats and a roof. And also it needs to be in downtown Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, at least cover most of it. They bought all that land downtown. They bought all that property downtown to build it downtown. And they don't want to spend the extra $700 million, right? I guess that's... I heard the, the PSE representative talk on WGR for a little bit and... He seemed to explain it like pretty well, like where they're coming from with that kind of thing. But I mean, it is, it is a downtown stadium would be cool, but it would know, be cool. Nice, nice stadium in Orchard Park. Like I'll take that. I mean, I'm it's, it's probably a lot easier to get in and out of Orchard yeah. Park than jam up the streets of downtown Buffalo. Like, I mean, the Metro Rail is already going to deal with like drunk and angry Sabres fans leaving first Niagara, but like, dude, like, I mean, the whole Metro would be full of like drunken Bills fans. I mean, awesome for us. They would have to like extend the Metro. If they extended the Metro down, down through like where Williamsville is or Amherst area a little more down that way. I mean, that's reasonable, you know, 10 miles, 15 miles North, but it would, it would be great for everyone except for the transit authority. Really? Um. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody's getting the short end of the stick. I want them to make it, Make it so it's loud, though. Make it like Kansas City. Make it like Seattle, where they have that extra, like, a little bit steeper and make it make it a bowl, kind of, and have it covered, but open air still. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's what they said. And honestly, the, the Seattle sta- uh, Stadium came to mind when I was talking with Pat last week. And the way that that's, that dome is kind of half covered, even more so than Kansas City. Kansas City is loud just because of the sheer number of people that are there. Like Seattle is loud because of those reflective panels that are that are right above, and it's just so loud on the field because everyone's sound is is amplified and just thrown down at the field essentially, you know, without getting too acoustically sciency there. Well, John, but, just so you know, if if Echo Mixing ever has to design a stadium for the Tennessee Titans, you have to just. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying to sabotage your own work, but like, yeah, sabotage your own work, man. Like, oh that. my God, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's going to be the quietest stadium of all time, but not just because of me. It's also because nobody is a Titans fan around here because I mean, okay, the Titans have a pretty good fan base, but here's the thing with Nashville. Nobody who lives in Nashville is from Nashville. Like there's like three original residents here and everyone else just moved in in the last 10 years. So 
transplants, right? That's what they're called. Yeah. Most yeah. people here are fans of other teams. That's why, you know, when the Titans have a Bills game down here, the last time I went, it was over half of the stadium was Bills fans. You know, they're doing tailgates and, and you know, the Titans tailgates, you know, there's like one guy out with a tent, you know, somebody, somebody brought a little, uh, <laughs> grill that they could put on their tailgate. And, you know, you got Bills fans and I'm walking up to the stadium at like 9 a.m. and they've got barrels full of empty Labatt blue cans, like just already polished off from this tailgate. Didn't like, they, don't they drink the strip, the strip out of beer, right? Wasn't, didn't that happen last time? Oh like yeah. Bar, well, bars went out of beer when the Bills well, come I'm, to town. That's, that's been happening everywhere. I mean, that started in Jacksonville when during that playoff game. Oh, during game, a playoff game. You know, yeah. Pe- people were yeah, ordering like six kegs of blue light and they were out at like seven o'clock the night before the game. <laughs> I remember that my hotel that I was in, in Jacksonville, the hotel bar was the only place that had any alcohol because all of this, the strip was so <laughs> packed with Bills fans, they were just drinking it all up. We went to Hooters. I went to Hooters with my dad, Jimbo, because it was the only place that had a table available. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm sure that's why. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Like R. Kelly says, man, after the show is the after party, and after the party is the hotel lobby. You know. <laughs> nice. What, yeah. a, what a moral person to quote. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Brandon, we got we got to get you on record for your bold predictions this year. So right. you got any got any hot takes for this season? I have one for the offense and one for the defense. Uh, Matt Breida, the man is a speedster. I think he's going to have a good role this year. He is going to be out of the backfield more as a receiver, I think, though. And the way that the defenses right defenses learn, coaches learn how offenses can play. So you have to have a wrinkle in your offense or else these teams are going to get better. And I think Matt Breed is going to be the wrinkle this year that's going to keep our offense fresh. I like that. So let me let me ask you a follow-up question to that. Who is going to be inactive on game day so that Matt Breed can be active? Who's the fourth running back? Uh, they don't have a fourth running back, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Only... It's, Ty, it's Taiwan Jones. It's gonna well. Tyron Jones is a special teamer, right? Like yep. he's not gonna. So, he's gonna be That's active what I was on game down day. Just just switch around his offensive position on the depth charts. Maybe have six so, receivers yeah, on game day. It's possible, but they're so receiver heavy. So they've got six receivers on the roster. They might still have one inactive receiver out of the six. I would think, you know, uh, and they haven't had a roster like I think they've been rolling with one inactive receiver on game day. Just um, one though, and it rotated last year. Yeah. They change so. it up a lot depending on week to week. And I think it's going to be depending on how these early games go. If you remember last year, Singletary, maybe it was two years ago, Singletary didn't touch the ball until halftime, like after the first half. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll, it'll be major. I, I hope the running back position is not a major part of the success of our team this year. Right. But I think just the little wrinkle that we don't need to run. Yeah. But, but like you said, man, I mean, I, I hate to use OACS. Uh, varsity football terminology here you but, um, love to use oacs varsity football terminology I mean. um but no i agree with you brandon if they could uh split them out a little bit of ace package um yep. yeah man no i think it'd be good right or not you've I mean, got a mismatch on every linebacker right hell yeah and i mean not that zach moss isn't like an absolute beast out of the backfield but i mean like i've seen moss drop some out of that and devin singletary i love the guy but like he has he dropped a bunch of halfback screens throughout the years 
So I don't know. It's well, a good take. Man. I think the other part about that is the hot take will be the other. They're kind of coincide, right? I think our defense is going to be top five, but I, and I think with that, we might get a lead on a lot of teams this year and we might run more because of that later on in the game. So you might see a little bit more of these, these later string running backs. So that's why might 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 we might see a role carved out for Brita. Yeah. No, for sure. That'd be good. And it's oh man, it's it's such a chicken and an egg thing because when you look at the the explosive offense that they have, their defense hasn't had an easy time of it because they're, you know, other teams are forced to really push the envelope on offense to keep up with scoring with the Bills, so it puts a lot of pressure on the defense as well. So it's just like this never-ending cycle. I mean, I think a lot of it depends too, like on Star Lotulele. Like, I don't know. I mean, you're in the house, Brandon. Brandon, for our listeners, he is it. You know, he's he's in the know-how at, at Ralph Wilson <laughs> Stadium, aka um, Highmark. So, how how do you feel about Young Star? Well, Old Star. Um, you know, Young Star, Old Star. Either way, he's my star for our defensive <laughs> line this year, man. He's gonna be the way. To Tremaine Edmonds' success, he's going to carry our entire defensive line's rotation. You get him up there, you clog up the middle, man. It's like the the pipe in your kitchen sink that won't go away, that clog, and it just backs everything up. And these quarterbacks are going to be backed up. And then uh, Gregory Rousseau is going to come over and give him a bop in the face. So oh. it all starts for Star, though. I really think everyone's going to play better. Yeah, I think especially Ed Oliver as well. Ed Oliver is going to be one of the main beneficiaries because he's not going to be getting double teamed this year. Star is going to be the one absorbing a lot of those interior offensive linemen. Because we asked last week, we were like, who do you think? I mean, obviously, like you said, you know, there's going to be a huge cycle of defensive line players. And, you know, hopefully that'll keep guys more fresh. But, like, who do you see as the two, the right defensive end and the left defensive end taking that first snap? I was listening. To Steve Tasker, one of my favorite members of the Buffalo Bills media crew the other day, and he was talking about how when you get on to second and third down, you know, you get a two or three yard gain on first down, and then they rotate their linemen, and as an offensive lineman, when you come in and you have Jerry Hughes coming off the edge, or you have uh, Gregory Rousseau coming off the edge, and then on third down, you switch to a fresh Justin Zimmer or a fresh Harrison Phillips, not only does that play a thing on the field, but it's a mental game for the offensive line of the other team because this guy's fresh. I'm not. And I think that constant rotation with the edge presence of the size of Rousseau, I think he's going to be there. And the speed of Jerry with the combination in the middle is what is going to be the successful combination this year for sure. Yeah. I'm really excited to see if they're third and long package because what they used to do is they used to have – they used to have Alexander in the middle rushing a, a nose tackle, and I think that they've got a couple of guys this year that can actually do that where, you know, like maybe that is Rousseau. Or actually, you know, Rousseau has been staying outside from what I hear yeah. in practice, so they might have... Might be a boogie I think role. that Boogie's been doing that, and even Epinesa maybe has been practicing inside a little bit too, so it'll be interesting to see who gets reps there on their third and long package. Pat, I believe he's a linebacker, and he's one of your favorite players. Oh. And I believe that we are forgetting to mention him right yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Matthew Milano. Uh, Matt Milano, yes. That's not who I was thinking in my head, though. The man has... You were thinking about Andre, Andre, oh, Andre Smith. Smith. No, 
no. You know, you were thinking about AJ Klein? Yes, yeah. AJ Klein. Okay. If you put him in the Sean the Sean Alexander, what are we playing Madden two thousand seven? Now if you put him in the Lorenzo <laughs> Alexander role, he played so much better. Let him blitz in the middle. Like if you need a four three package, let him be your blitzing linebacker because he started the what? What was the game that he was defensive player of the week last year? What did he have? Two yeah, sacks. Seattle. Yeah, and he was playing as the blitzing linebacker. He wasn't playing coverage. Yep. Yeah. Off the edge mostly. And he, he had said like postseason that like you know a lot of it for him like the reason that he played a lot better because I, I agree with you man that Seattle game was crazy and then like the I think it was maybe two weeks later the Chargers game he had a big game too but he said like as the season progressed he had such a better grasp on the scheme so like maybe. I know to like your point that I mean obviously he's not the best pass coverage linebacker, but like maybe if he knows what's going on a little better. I mean, I do big fan though. All right, guys. Well, let's work in a Sabres update here, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap it up after that because you know I don't want to be editing this for eight hours tomorrow. It's time for the weekly Sabres update. All right, hey, uh, Brando. Wanted to ask you a question. Um, have the Sabres made the playoffs? If you have a cricket sound, you should play it now. This has been your weekly Sabres update. Do you want to hear something crazy about the Sabres right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, let's hear it. They have a prospect tournament, right, where all their young players come up and they play in the tournament together and the Sabres are charging money for tickets to it. Like, (laughs) like you can buy a ticket package for the prospect tournament at our old stadium that doesn't have a cup holder for a franchise that does not care about you for a team that has not made the playoffs in nine seasons. Now that's the update. This has been your weekly Sabres update. They got some big lottery pick though, right? Recently, was it? I think the draft was what, like in May or, or June or whatever. Yeah, Owen Powers. He's going to Michigan though, which is kind of cool. But I mean, why would you want to come to Buffalo when you can go be <laughs> be a college student in Michigan? I, I'd go. I'd go finish my degree and, and get a doctorate if I was Owen Power right now. <laughs> the thing with the NHL and the NCAA is, if he stays for three years, you lose the rights to the player. So like, he could stay and be a college superstar, get his degree, and be a free agent and not have to go play for the Sabres. But do the Sabres have so, to pay him for those three years? No. He's holding out because if he were to report to camp right now, he would make his, his salary. So he's turning that down to go back. Which is which? Would you turn down $925,000 as an 18-year-old kid to go to college? Depends how beautiful those babes are at, um, you know, down there in Ann Arbor. Um. <laughs> I hear there's pretty girls in Ann Arbor. Yeah, Brando, isn't your family from Michigan? You should calm down with the pretty girl talk. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the one who <laughs> brought regional. it up. I'm the one that brought it up. There's <laughs> a good chance they're all related to you, Brando. Not that I've ever met one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I was hilarious. trying to figure out the whole Jack Eichel. I don't, I don't watch the Sabres enough, but I was like, because if he goes to the Rangers, man, you got three big old Boston boys. You got Drury. You got Sabres legend Mike Greer. Like I can see the three of those guys just like getting wasted in New York City talking about Boston. Dude, they're best friends too. Like they're best friends really? managing the team. Like they're they're they love it and they're smart and they're like 
Chris Jury was like, should have been a manager of the Sabres, should have been a captain of the Sabres. I mean, and him and Greer coach together, it's like, they're just buddies chilling. And if they could get Jack, I mean, Buffalo just, just wrecked it. Imagine having, like, what's your favorite possession, Pat? What's the favorite thing that you own? I mean, probably my uh, blue Stratocaster guitar. Now imagine you get this blue Stratocaster guitar for free, right? And you just, <laughs> you, you start hitting it against your car like a baseball bat. Just like, <laughs> for five years, you hit it across your car <laughs> like a baseball bat. And you wonder why, when it needs to get repaired, it doesn't sound right. And, it, and you know, you just like, that's what the Sabres did. And you, you never go. give it any strings. <laughs> Literally, you're playing with shoelaces. You never like, hook it into an amp. <laughs> You never tuned it, like you never acknowledge it that it's a guitar, and you can play it, and it's wonderful. <laughs> the Sabers basically just don't deserve to hear music ever <laughs> again. Yeah, I yeah. mean, is he, he's still on the team though, right? He just isn't playing because he's not medically cleared or whatever. Yeah, and I guess he's holding out. I don't know. It's the whole thing because if, why would you go play and then get hurt again for another team that won't trade for you? Yeah. Right. Whatever. All right, dudes. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, just so everyone who's listening knows, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Not Bill's Podcast. Brando, what's your what's your Twitter handle? You can give a little shout out. Uh, I believe it's Haber, wants to follow Haber zero two eight. It's not that good. My pin tweet is excellent. It is Patriots fans suck, but Patriots fans from Buffalo are the worst type of people. So that's worth looking at if you... <coughs> Nanny! That's true. We'll have to have, <laughs> we'll have, to have Chris on and talk to you about that. All right, well, if we can get Brando a new laptop, then maybe we'll Do have that. him on more often. It updated. It should be good to go. Two hours later. <laughs> good, good. Uh, I'm glad that two hours of time worked for uh, 19 minutes of audio. <laughs> Mr. Cole Beasley, please get your vaccine. There are not microchips inside of it. Mr. Cole Beasley, don't ruin my season. Just get your vaccine.